right, welcome back everybody. We're gonna continue our topic on who Jesus called great. So if you haven't checked out the last episode, I would encourage you to go check that out. But we talked about the number one thing was to do and to teach. So what was going on in Jesus' day and it's going on in our day today is that people that talk, but they don't practice, right? And so, so some of the worst things that Jesus um, said, he said to those who were pretending, those who were in hypocrisy. So the number one key to greatness is to do and to teach. Somewhere along the way, we've gotten away from putting in good works, right? We know this, that faith without works is dead. And that is we can have belief systems. We can have a positive mindset. We can have all these things. But if we don't put them into action, we'll never achieve the greatness. And that's the message that's kind of needed in the world today because everybody's kind of sitting around being spectators. They're, they're sitting around and, you know, uh, churches that are filled with thousands of people, not that there's anything wrong with that, but they come in, they, they sing their songs, clap their hands, listen to the message and leave. And everything's just centered around this spectator uh, thing. And we're getting away from actually putting in the work and doing the work. So we know that we're, we're saved by grace through faith, right? But actions are what produce positive and good things into our life the works putting it out fleshing it out so let me let me break this down to you in an easy way say you have targets that you want to reach uh, as far as your weight as far as your business as far as your marriage it really doesn't matter what it is and you have a target the target's beautiful and we can sit there and think about the target and the goals that we want to reach and and just fill our mind with just positivity and and just thinking, you know what, I'm going to reach this. I'm going to reach this. I'm going to reach this. And we could do our vision boards, right? And we could put our dream car in our dream house and and everything that we want to achieve. But the crazy thing is, is that none of it will flesh out. None of it will happen until we get some action behind it. And that's what is meant with faith without works is dead. If we don't put our action behind it. Here's the crazy thing is that action is what identifies that we have real faith to begin with. Now, this is a little bit dangerous because uh, people don't want to hear that. But faith without works is dead. It's our actions that actually demonstrate that we have the faith. So. If we have the faith for great things, then we have the great plan and the great action steps to actually carry those things out and walk them out. And that is faith. A lot of times we look to God to to bless those things and that uh, just miraculously appear in our life, not understanding that he wants us to take those steps so we can begin to make progress and so he can actually empower something right? His grace is there to empower. His grace is not there to enable you. And that means just to sit in, to do nothing, right? So the key thing to greatness is actually stepping out. Begin to believe for what you want to begin to take the action steps and, and understand and know that you have the resources within because you got God on the inside of you. That is powerful. So we talked a little bit about that. So we're going to talk about great faith. So there was a story um, 
in the Gospels, uh, in Matthew, you could check it out if you want. It's Matthew chapter 8, verse 7. And this centurion uh, comes to Jesus and uh, and comes to him about healing his servant. I guess, you know, he was a great servant and loved him, probably did a great job. And he was probably really close to him. And Jesus said, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll come over. I'll go to your house and um, and I will heal him. And he's like, no, 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 no. Just say the word only. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, this is amazing, amazing. And he, uh, Jesus said of this man, I just, this is great faith. And why is it great faith? Because, you know, you only need a word. You don't even have to step into my house. You don't even got to come over. You ain't even got to, you ain't even got to pray, right? You don't even got to splash holy water. You ain't got to do what the, you know, charismatic and Pentecostal do. You like jump around, hoo-ha, slap people, right? None of that. You just say the word only. Somewhere along the way, we have gotten into where showmanship is more important. And we dance around, we do all these jigs, and and we slap people, or or we blow the anointing, or we do these these weird things that you see on, on television. No, this guy just said, I don't need all the hoopa. I don't need all the fanfare. I don't even need all these people to come travel to my house, right? Just say the word only. And that is powerful. And Jesus said, this is great faith. Another one, he said, was a woman from uh, Canaan. She would refuse. No. You see, Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And he had a specific ministry for certain people at that point in time. And he was he was causing her to pursue and hunger and thirst and not take no for an answer. And she didn't. And he said, great, I haven't seen such great faith, not even in Israel. It's just amazing not taking no for an answer when you know that this is your destiny, this is your purpose, and this is your dream, and that you're holding on to it and you refuse to let go. That is powerful, powerful, great faith. So there's a couple times in the gospel where Jesus said, you have little faith. The first one he was talking about, um, about being clothed. He said, don't fear, fear not about, uh, what you will put on, what you'll wear, what you'll eat, what you'll drink and all those sort of things that, that everybody in the world is worried about. Right. And he says that God clothed the grass of the field. Would he not clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. And then there's another one where, where the disciples are on the boat and the, and the storm is coming and it's just a, a tempest and the boat is rocking and, and Jesus is sound asleep and, and the disciples wake him up. Do you not even care that we're dying, right? Do you not even care that we're dying? And he rebuked the storm and said, oh, you of little faith. So what is he trying to tell us in those two instances? First of all, we come to God with all of our requests, right? Lord, bless my family. You know, let me have enough money. Let me have a shelter over my head. Let me, you know, get ahead. Let me put some in retirement. Let's, you know, do all these things that the whole wide world is concerned about. And he said, don't concern about yourself about those things. I got you. I got your back when it comes to, the, to those things. Oh, you of little faith. And then it comes to the storm. I think he was thoroughly expecting 
the disciples to understand and stand in their authority and rebuke the wind themselves. Now, that's a crazy thought. You know, all, all these times we think, you know, God is infatuated with with being our Savior only and just, you know, come to me every time uh, you're weak and you're feeble and save me, save me, Lord, save me, save me, save me, Lord, save me. And he actually rebuked them for doing that process and said, you should have commanded the storm to stop yourself. And that is the power that we have inside of us. Instead of depending, instead of relying on all this stuff, right? And begging, you know, our genie God, understand that he has empowered us already to speak to the wind. Oh, you have little faith. So what is faith? We're going to go into um, four ideas of what faith is. The first one is to be persuaded. That is to have complete certainty. The second one is trust. That is to have confidence in someone's track record. You trust them because of their track record. The third one is believe. You consider them to be true. And number four is conviction. You are fully convinced. You are fully convinced. Think about this for a moment that whatever you're dreaming for, whatever you want in your life to happen, if you would have complete certainty, if you would trust in his track record, if you would consider his voice to be true and you'd be fully convinced that what he had promised, he's able also to perform. Just imagine if you had that faith. And so what it comes down to is this, is that so many times Jesus said this, according to your faith, be it unto you according to your faith. And then he said, your faith has made you whole. Now, all this is correlating to faith and being uh, complete certainty. It's often paraphrased this because of your faith, you will be healed because of your faith. It will happen or it will happen just like you believed it to be. And the health that comes into your life will be because of your complete certainty and your confidence in his track record because you consider him to be true and you're fully convinced of those things. Mm. That's just a powerful thought. So think about it this way. Think about your life, your family, your fitness, your faith, and your finances. And ask yourself, are you operating in complete certainty in those areas of your life? And complete certainty is this is that he's come that we might have life and have life more abundantly. And that is those areas of our life thriving and being fulfilled and having passion in all four areas of our life. So ask yourself, do you have complete certainty that you can have the family life that you want? Do you have complete certainty that you can have the fitness life you want? Do you have complete certainty that you can have the faith and the spiritual life that you want? Do you have complete certainty that you can have the business and the bank account and the finances that you want? Consider his track record and that he has come, that he has given you life and life more abundantly. And ask yourself this, which area of my life Am I not fully convinced? Which area of my life do I not have complete certainty? 
I want you to write those things down. Which area of your life? It could be relationships that are going bad, negative relationships. It could be your children on drugs. It could be it could be your your bank account is empty. So many things. What area of your life are you not full? You don't have complete certainty. I want you to write that out, and then ask yourself this question: What can I do today? Actions. What can I do today? Action steps. That will show that I have complete certainty and I'm fully convinced that what he had promised, he's able also to perform.